0: bhoma gyan timirandasya gyan jana salakaya chaksun meri tamiena tasmai shi gurave namah rajnu lambita bhuj o kanaga badato sankirtana ek pitaro kamalaya takshu vishambharo dui jawaro yugadharmo palo Vande Jagat Priyakaro Karuna Votaro Vande Sri Krishna Chaitanya nityananda Sahadito Godadai Pushpavanto, Vanto Chitra Sandho Vande amshi Ramakrishna Abhaya Charana Sukhado Paramanando Sundaro Subhalapriyo he Krishna, Karuna, Sindhu, Dina, Bandhu, Jagatvate, Gopisha gopika Kanuta, Radha, Kanuta, Namus, Pute, Tattakam Gurangi, Rade, Vindad, Nishwati, Kriśvam, Sute, Devi, Kana, Mami, Ari, priye morning How's everyone Good
1: Nice to be here I don't have any planned talk but um, we have been talking about a number of issues that are related and um, a good portion of that in relation to some of the things that I'm personally involved in in writing and the present book I'm um, in the service of. And um, so we could talk a little more about that for in brief. Maybe read some sections in brief and entertain any questions with your permission. Then, uh, yes, so, um, now in the final section of the text, it's entitled Sakyamandl, which means Circle of Friends, so, it's uh, shaped like a circle, so, as someone was asking me about it the other day, also, who was it? Um, We were on a walk, Uh, Oh, it was, um, um uh, mm-hmm. So I was explaining the shape in uh, structure, in brief. So it's an interesting uh, concept because when I was uh, began writing, I, I, um, as we went forward, then it turned into different sections, so part one, part two, and now there's a part three, but I was very uncomfortable with the part one, part two, chapter one, chapter two, um, and uh, at the time I was had tentatively named the book Friends Forever, which is a nice idea. The book is about fraternal love of, of Krishna. Um, but then how do you divide up friends, Mm -hmm. right? So, (laughs) that was the problem. So, um, I was inspired also how, uh, uh, in the past, some of our uh, authors in in the Godia lineage had uh, divided their chapters in, in, uh, if you will, parts, In thoughtful ways, Rupa Goswami, his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu into an ocean, Sindhu, an ocean, and an ocean, different uh, uh, sides, the north side, the south side, the east side, the west side, and then the chapters within it were the Laharis, or the waves, hmm? the first wave in the eastern side of the ocean of Bhakti Rasa. Uh, Bhishwana Chavati Thakur in his Madhuriya Kadambani well as the title says it was like a cloud bank and uh, of course Krishna resembles a, in his, his complexion and his, and in his potential for, for blessing if you will as rains do and this is very of course uh, connected to the to the uh, Vrindavan um, in the summer season this is very sweltering, hot. It's on the border of the Rajasthani Desert. At one time, the... Uh, what is it called? Guinness Book of Records had it listed as the hottest place in the world. Hottest temperatures in the world. Now, I don't know. Maybe didn't go to some places in the middle of the Sahara and t- take the temperature there, but it's hot. Hmm. And so, uh, it the, the rain cloud... Hmm is, of course, then coming in like July, summer begins in, well, like mid-April, May, it's June, it's quite really unbearable, and, um, and it doesn't get cooler at night, really, either, so when this rain cloud comes in July, this is a time of celebration, and the rain comes, people are dancing on the roofs, mm-hmm. taking in the raindrops, and so forth, so... Um, not only is the rain cloud often used to uh, to uh, describe Krishna comparatively because the the, the color of his complexion uh, resembles the cloud. Sham is the color, according to Rupa Goswami's aesthetics. Then, as is it, it would it be the case in all cultures to one extent or another, colors are tied to emotions. And we have dark, we have cold colors, and we have hot colors, warm colors, uh, and so forth, for example. Um, so, in his aesthetic, then sham is the color, it's it's like uh, indigo, of romantic love, corresponds with romantic love. Hmm. So, um, it's compared in terms of color, his complexion to the rain cloud, but also the, it's a pregnant kind of if you will uh, full it speaks of his fullness, his power to bestow hmm, blessing upon the people Uddhava uh, uh, was right and he's such a wise person Shastravit. he was well advised uh, and he was indeed the advisor of Krishna in his Prince leela in Dwarka. Hmm? Krishna was administrating as a prince and then of course he had his brahminical advisor Uddhava, whom he met in Mathura followed with him to, 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 to Dwarka, hmm? and but it was from Mathura that Krishna sent Uddhava back to the bucolic setting of Braj hmm? where he was born and uh, which is his home hmm. and uh, to and for the purpose of bringing a message to the inhabitants there that things aren't so bad in my absence I'll, I'll be back and that's a that's long and interesting uh, story hmm. um, and he said at any rate um, as it's cited in the Bhagavatam in another section who in their right mind would take shelter of anyone other than Krishna, as far as all of the possibilities of gods and, and goddesses go, and because, as he cited the example, um, he was approached with infocide in mind on the part of Putana, to, to kill an infant. How horrendous of an activity. And and, and by And by what means... To smear on her breast poison and suckle the the infant. So the method is even worse than <laughs> it escalates. Hmm? Yeah. Not only did she kill an infant, was her t- intention to kill an infant who was defenseless? But in the moment of that he's reaching out for his nourishment, where he where he's he's now is identified with his his source of sustenance hmm, becomes potentially the source of his destruction. Of course, it didn't work out that way for the puttana, for, and, uh but hmm, his response through suckling her breast was to give her a status hmm, in, of, of motherhood, like a, like a, like a nurse hmm, in his eternal lila. So Uddeva, who was a very smart person, a wise person, he's looking at that. And he said, "There's just no comparison hmm, to the uh, who, who in the right mind would take shelter of somebody else." She, of course, she dressed up like a devotee and to get into the into the scene, hmm, and, and otherwise her appearance was not that becoming hmm, and suspect. So she disguised herself. So he, she just disguised herself as a devotee. And, he blessed her in that way. So, he says, who in the right mind would take shelter of anyone other than Krishna? In Braj, as I've often said, the word lila, leela, is a Sanskrit word, of course. It's peculiar in uh, in, in one sense in that, um, according to the lexicons, Sanskrit lexicons, it has no verbal root from which it derives. Hmm? All the words derive from some verbal root, Right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I like to think that in this sense it speaks more of that from which all things derive hmm? rather than being itself derived from something hmm? it is the play of the Godhead of course its meaning is then come to be the way uh, it is uh, identified with the way it has been used in what's called the Kavya poetic texts, so usage has determined meaning aside from the fact that the, the lexicon doesn't as- assign any root to its its origins. Hmm? So Krishna is sometimes referred to as Lila Purushottam; he is the the supreme person. In Lila, which means that his Leela is Lila supreme, he had, indeed has the quality of of Leela um, uh Lila madhurya. Lila hmm. Very uh, well, that is not the quality no other manifestation of himself, be it expansion or avatar, has this quality hmm. Lila madhurya. He also has prema madhurya, venu madhurya, rupa madhurya, these four qualities. But lila madhurya means very, very, the charming lilas of, of Vrindavan that are so uh, easy for us humans to bond with. i have made this point other times that it's a very interesting feature of the theology when describing the Godhead hmm, as lila purushottam, Krishna, in Braj, in Vrindavan, where the term "lila" really applies in the fullest sense of the term, hmm? to play means well. You don't have you don't. Have, it's the opposite of work, right? And it's not resting either. It's a it's a kind of a fullness, completeness that that mandates a movement of its own, celebratory movement to dance, to sing, celebrate, and so forth. Hmm. Um, there outside of Vrindavan. He's got something to do. He's got to teach the Bhagavad Gita. He's got to establish Dharma and so forth. This is not a concern for him in Vrindavan. Hmm? And, and and he's a son of a rich man uh, in terms of real wealth of, 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 of property and um, uh, um, uh, agriculture, uh, uh, 900,000 cows of Nanda Maharaj. He's a wealthy fellow, king of the cowherd. So, Krishna is the son and the only son of the king of all the cowherds. So, he doesn't really... The king's son really doesn't have, have to do anything. Hmm? Right? Hmm. <laughs> In his own mind, he has to herd cows, but that is is that that is his, his dharma, and that is his play. That is his lila. surabi surabhi palayantam. Hmm? So, so the, this... Uh, human-like Leela. One of the specialties of it, as I'm saying, theologically speaking, it's a description of the Godhead that enables us, who are emotional beings, hmm? which is the problem. hmm? Yoga is about helping us to master our emotions, hmm? not ride too high on the highs because as high as it gets is as low as it gets. Not be too saddened by the lows, because as low as it gets, it's as high as it will get, such is the nature of the ocean, of the bhavasindhu, the ocean of material emotions. It has a high tide, it has a low tide. When low tide comes, well... Ha- uh, hang on, the high tide will also come. When the high tide comes, hang on, the low tide will come. <laughs> hmm? So, that's yoga. Hmm? To come to balance, hmm? balance in the midst of what—an ocean of emotions, highs and lows. Hmm? Right. That is uh, that is a per- perception of the world uh, that uh, that uh, through which we see and uh, experience dualities of good and bad, happy and sad. We were talking about this a little last night. I like this. I don't like that. I don't. I, this is hot. As I feel, this is cold and. All these determinations are are what I am, so to speak. But it's neither hot or cold. You might think it's hot, I might think it's cold. You might say we're both crazy. And it's it's neither of those. It's and that's only a perception through the through the instruments of our mind and senses, which are limited in terms of their capacity to ascertain the nature of being and existence. So yoga, spiritual practice about going beyond the limited uh, power of our physical, mental, and intellectual instruments to read the nature of the world and then function in relation to it, you know, accordingly. Right. So it's to, it's to turn then then inward. We say go within or go without. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Hmm. So, <laughs> so. <clears throat> So, so we are emotional beings, but in spiritual practice, we we're t- told to control our emotions, right? As I'm saying, hmm? look at them in perspective, witness them, hmm? rather than to be carried uh, by them into the lows and highs that they that they take. But that's easier said than done. Hmm? um and so the beauty in one sense of krishna bhakti and especially the uh, braj bhakti where this where the center the object of love is krishna and vrindavan is that these leelas the leela narratives about him they enable us to bond with him emotionally with with the whole range of our human emotions hmm? In other words, when we hear the Leela of Krishna, we chuckle. Hmm? We identify. He's doing something. We understand it. Hmm? Because, yeah, we're like that too. Hmm? Oh, he feels like that. Yes, we feel like that. Hmm? And so there's a bonding. Even with our material emotions, we are bonding with him. Hmm? And that bond has great power to take us beyond the limits of our material emotions indeed it has the capacity to, in due course, hmm, to afford us not only transcendence of our material emotions, arriving at the kind of peace and, and stability and equanimity that that yoga is generally about, but from there, to take us to a trans-psychological world of spiritual uh, emotion. Hmm. And this is an interesting point, because... Matter is inert in our metanarrative, our worldview. Hmm? So it's not emotive in nature. Hmm? Things don't have love. We may love things because we're not very bright. Hmm? So we may foster, we may project ourself into a thing by saying, My, it's a big word only two letters, but it's a big word in terms of its implications. This is mine. Hmm? So now, it appears to have love in it. Because, why? Because I'm in it now. And I have love. Hmm? I have the capacity to love. But the matter doesn't, the house doesn't, the car doesn't. Hmm? Right? So, we project ourselves into things, and we love them because we're in them, but we haven't, you know, we don't sort this out, so to speak. Hmm? This is a problem. Uh, so, the point here is what? When consciousness touches matter, matter has a gross and a subtle expression. A physical, there's a phys- physical matter, and there's psychic matter. Hmm? Hmm? In our worldview, this is something that that in the modern scientific community, of course, they, they they there's more people trying to dismiss the idea that there's something like like psychic realm than there are those who are trying to demonstrate that it's there. But but the majority is losing hmm? and trying to reduce therefore the idea of mind to a brain by way of saying there is no really mind. It's just a brain. Hmm? they're not getting too far. And it's important to note that they're not getting too far in in terms of where they are. In other words, where the world is at in terms of science and its ability to to examine the physical world is considerable, hmm, compared to even a decade ago. I speak of two decades ago, fifty years ago, a hundred years ago, five hundred years ago. This is their focus. Because they're thinking What's out there is what reality is. Hmm? And who's thinking about it, they're not thinking about that. <laughs> hmm? They're thinking all there is is what's out there hmm? at the cost of who's who's looking at it, who's examining it, and in fact from the yoga perspective that that's different. Hmm? Consciousness is different from matter. or it's a feature of the world we could say, going want to go that far a pan-psychic world where consciousness is spread everywhere underlying all material manifestations so even even the community, scientific community, is kind of going in that direction which a decade ago was thought to be insanity hmm. Hmm. nowadays the instruments that we have for examining the world, they're just they are just really fine-tuned and fine-tuned and fine-tuned and fine-tuned. And so you have to think. Now they're looking for consciousness. If you're looking for, what, for consciousness and what it is, which has become an issue in science, ever since the quantum, you know, whatever, revolution, and the observer has, you know, has some, there's funny things going on at the subatomic level hmm, that don't compute in terms of how we understood the world, Prior to that that understanding, they contradict them. Hmm? How something can be a, a particle and a wave at the same time. Oh, uh, we'll figure that out later. But that's been about, you know, since what, the 20s or something like that, I think. Uh, it's been a long time. And, and it's a long time. It's a really long time. And if you want to take 100 years, from 1920 to 2020, those 100 years, compared to from 1,500 to 1,600, are like 10,000 years in terms of the extent to which and the ability that the community of science has, for example, to, to examine the external world. Hmm? So they've been looking for about 100 years. Prior to that, consciousness was just like, well, it's not something to talk about. We know the forces of the world in classical phil- physics there's electronic, what is it, uh, electromagnetic forces, has, um, what is it, gravity, gravitational pull, nuclear, strong and strong weak. weak, nuclear, and we got it all figured out, how everything works. Hmm? So, consciousness just pushed to the background, and you don't need it, it's not, it's, everything seems to be working without it, so, I guess it's, Whatever, <laughs> it's like steam or something like that of the water. It, shh, there it goes. Whatever, hmm. but when the picture changed, looking closer at it, then we had to consider was consciousness. And so for a hundred years, and it's been accelerating the look examining examining looking for consciousness in the brain, hmm? and they can't find it. They've been looking for it for like ten thousand years, we can say, comparatively. Hmm? given the intensity and the instruments and they can't find it. Hmm. They can't find you and me the sense of I that we all have. It's just some function of the brain hmm? can't find it there
2: hmm.
1: because it's not there hmm? right so so anyway there, 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 there are thoughtful people who are realizing maybe we want to look at this differently. And if anywhere outside of themselves, their own circle of science, they've looked for insight about this, those who become heretics to the materialistic dogma, it's to the East, where consciousness has always been a, a center, hmm. center stage and uh, uh, important, uh, uh, the most important topic, the ground of, of being and so forth. Right. Hmm. So my point is only this, that Matter, I went a little bit of an aside. I said matter has gross or physical and a psychic dimension. So my point in this is that when consciousness proper itself touches this subtle matter, hmm, that subtle matter has a capacity to reflect consciousness. Just like if I take a shiny metal object, like a piece of sheet metal, then I could reflect the light of the sun. And through the seat metal, I could I could give a little light, hmm? right? So this subtle matter has this capacity, according to our worldview, to reflect consciousness, and what it does. That that that's what that that's then the emotive component within matter. That's our everyday life. that's the emotional world that, as I said earlier, we have to transcend, hmm? right? So what's the point I'm making? The point I'm making is that if consciousness in touch with subtle matter, hmm, out of which gross matter evolves in our world view, if that consciousness in touch with the subtle matter has the power to create an emotional reality, hmm, as illusory and problematic as it is, why should we think that consciousness then, unto itself, has no emotional capacity. Should we think that it just sits? Oh, Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Hmm. No, it has a emo- great emotional capacity, and only partially expressed, in touch with matter. That makes the whole world go round, and everyone is pursuing the feeling of the thing. Hmm. The rasa of it all. Hmm? You like sports? Krishna has a sporting arena, no problem. He plays sports. You like sports? So in the sports, people go to the stadium. We talked. We used this analogy the other night a little bit, right? So you go to the stadium. I'm using it a little differently now. And and, and, and what's happening? Well, a ball made out of the skin of a pig or something—I like guess you know—is thrown in a whoosh, in a certain way, and it goes around a certain trajectory, and it this this far, and it lands in these hands. This is all the, the the math of it, the physics of it, and so forth. Uh, but what it's really all about—the whole thing—is the feelings that people are, the emotions. Hmm? It's like it went this far. Ooh, ah, oh, and that's so the so, right the emotions making the world go round. Without the emotions, it all becomes still, right? Mm-hmm. We need to still the world in terms of material emotions because of the problems with them. They do keep keep us unsteady, up and down, up and down. Sometimes we're underwater, up for a breath, then down again. Mm-hmm. But should we uh, land on the shore? what do you do, just sit there? Or is there anything to do there? Does consciousness unto itself have emotional capacity, capacity to love? And if it does, well, it has to be in relation to another because this love is reciprocal. So, this is Bhakti Rasa, right? R- relation with our source a spark with the fire related hmm? and and this is what we call Bhakti Rasa and uh, Krishna Lila hmm? and in Braj this Purushottam Lila Purushottam Krishna is the full face of Lila the full face of the only playing only playing hmm? and when he comes in this world manifest in this world he plays within the play of his kalamsa, his partial manifestation, the purusha, hmm? Mahabishnu, Shristi Lila, play within play within. Hmm? There's no creation. There's only the play of creation. Hmm? We get and so the world has no beginning. It 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 oscillates and expands and contracts, expands and contracts, expands and contracts. Hmm? No beginning to that. Hmm? it's it's, it's very peaceful actually it makes you very peaceful to become cyclic in your perspective of time I'll give you an example why I say that take a piece of paper take a chalkboard here withdraw a line on it what does that do for you? line it's like that's a line where is it going? where does it come from? hmm? It doesn't. A line does not make your mind peaceful. Now I draw a circle. very nice. <laughs> Which came first, the seed or the tree? Circle says both. Which came first, the seed or the tree? Both. If time is linear, you can't really answer that question. If it's cyclical, you can. Difficult question. Has been answered. Both. Hmm? Both. Oh, okay. Think less and no more. Hmm? And no more. And feel better. <laughs> hmm. The circle makes us feel better. Hmm? It, it has completion to it. It completes itself. Hmm? Hmm. The lila is going round. The world's going round. Hmm? There was a time in Europe when there was the Copernican Revolution, hmm? and it was determined the world is not moving around the earth. The earth and other planets are moving around the sun. Yeah, that could be true mathematically. Hmm? Whether it's true emotionally, I don't know, I think our emotional perspective is sun's moving around us, hmm? planets are moving around us, there's more going on here. Hmm? than anywhere else. This is the center. It depends how you want to look at it, right? And there are valid different ways of looking at it that are just as true and some may tell more than others in a very subtle way. That's the nature of poetics and and religious uh, mythological, mythological, mytho-historical discourse and, uh, and so forth. It's not like one physical measurement is the is the is the absolute truth it says something but it leaves much unanswered there is a difference let's look at it even even in terms of telling a story there is a difference between hollywood and bollywood hollywood and bollywood in Hollywood, we have what we might be what sometimes referred to as cognitive uh, realism, where the concern is what happens next with the plot. Hmm? Hmm. Um, and in Bollywood, comparatively, then the what it, we have we might be called affective realism. Rather than cognitive realism, affective realism, where the goal is, where the concern is not what happens next, but what's happening right now, effectively, emotionally, and to and to and to uh, identify with and draw from the uh, the, the players in that moment hmm, into oneself, the as far as possible the emotional experience that's being portrayed. Hmm. And that's a success. However, it, well, it it, it 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 does that, hmm? and and Bollywood is just an officiated form of the Puranic discourse and Lila narratives and so forth that we find in the sacred texts. Hmm? Lila. Hmm? In our school, then, we have two forms of that Lila. Visible and the invisible, the prakat and the apricot. Hmm? So now in the book we're talking about, <laughs> kind of, then we're writing about, I said friends forever, because this is talking about et- eternal, ongoing emotional life, in this case, fraternal love of God. Hmm? But I didn't want to say part one, part two, so, then I to, how and how will you, it's all about friendship, how do you divide friends? You don't want to divide up the friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what then I it came to me that, uh, and I had used the phrase a couple of times in the, in the, in the text itself circle of friends. I thought well we should name it circle of friends and then there are divisions to circles. They're the circumference, they're the radius and they're the center mm-hmm. right So someone was asking about so it's divided like this in the radius then first division, there are chapters about the tattva of Rasa, the philosophical, theological underpinnings of that transcendent, transpsychological, emotional reality of fraternal love for Krishna. Hmm? So you got to use your head to get to your heart if you want to have love that's wise rather than foolish. Hmm? Loving things. That's not very smart, right? Because like we already said things don't have any love, right? And we, and for the most part we see people as things. Unfortunately, we're told not to. Don't objectify your partner, you know, and so on. And so on. we try, but however you maneuver in in that direction to avoid that psychologically. It's part of our conditioning. We've identified with a thing. Hmm. Hmm. With things and thoughts about them. Hmm. That's the problem. Hmm. So, uh, that's not wise. Hmm. And we get only from that a semblance of love that if we look carefully at it, it's not love at all. I love her, and therefore I don't love her, Hmm? I dislike her, I love him, I may like him, but I don't love him, Hmm? I may love socialism and I may hate capitalism, Hmm? which is it, is it love or is it hate, depends on how you look at it, right, we want a love that's not like that, if you turn it on the other side it's love, turn it on the other side it's love, both sides. Mm-hmm. This comes from reposing our capacity to love in the center. Right, the center here is Krishna. So, in a particular picture of Krishna, and that in terms of uh, fraternal love. So there's a there's a circumference. There's no chapters about the tattva, the, 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 the philosophical ground out of which this bhava, this emotion, arises. Mm-hmm. And then we enter into the radius, which is then a telling of the, of the leelas, of what's called the prakat leela, the visible leela. Of those leelas, particularly those who are, that are described in the Bhagavatam, mm. that pertain to or that showcase the, this fraternal love. In the Bhagavatam there, the tenth canto, I think as we mentioned the other night, is, is, is of course what it's really all about. And in there, there are three centers. There's a vatsalya center, there's a Sakya-rasa-sena, and a Madhurya-rasa center. Mm-hmm. So a retelling of the chapters that are the sakya center, and a couple other chapters where the sakya is, is prominent for a little bit, part of it, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> this leela is, Prakat leela means that Lila of Krishna when he appears in this world. So there's a difference between that leela, in one sense, and the uppercut, the invisible leela, that one seeks to enter into, and through the through the visible leela, is the way. So it's important to contemplate and understand the the uppercut leela, which which appears to be more chronological, referring back to referring back to my analogy of Bollywood and Hollywood hmm? so if, if you were to further compare the Prakat Lila to the Aprakat Lila it would further be the Aprakat Lila more effective realism and the Prakat Lila more cognitive realism comparatively because it has a chronological order Krishna appears to be born and then that's over hmm? now he's a young he's a, he's a, he's, a, he's in his Kumar Lila then that finishes and he's in his Boyhood Lila then that finishes, then he's in his adolescent lila. Hmm? It has a beginning, and it appears and it appears to have an end, appears to move through chronologically, and, and so you're going to, you know, what's next, what's next? Even though Sukadev himself in the Bhagavatam does not adhere entirely to the chronological order of the lila. Hmm? Being a Rasika himself, then he's driven more than by the chronological order, but by, by just by the way it feels. Hmm? And the feelings... Cause him huh, to move over here and tell this part of the leela and that part. Larg- largely, it's chronological, but there are some, some sections that fall out of chronological order. The order for which we can find in other other Puranas where where comparatively to the bhagavatam, hmm, they're more concerned with chronology and uh, less with the. Comparatively less with the emotional experience. Therefore, Bhagavatam is Nigamakopaturo Galitamfulam Sukamagadamatadrabasam Mutam Pibata Bhagavatam Rasam Alayam. Drink it and pass out. And when you get up, what do you do? Drink more. Hmm. This is an intoxicating text. It is said that when Sugadev spoke the Bhagavatam, Capricious March, the, the the king.
2: Hmm?
1: Then it was he was had been cursed to die in seven, seven days, so it was only a short period for, for Sugadev to enl- enlighten him. Hmm? And uh, the Bhagavatam was eighteen thousand verses coming out of sugadev so that takes a while. So it it had to be pretty um, um, uh, efficient and st- structured and so forth. But there was a problem that the son of Raj Pariksha gentleman Jai thought of. And that is that this Sukadev is like, he's out there. Hmm? He's a 16-year-old he's boy walking naked. He doesn't even know that he's naked. Hmm? He's absorbed in Krishna Leela. Hmm? And uh, he's super extraordinary person. And there's a possibility that he may be telling some aspect of the Leela, and he might say, Krita-punja-punja, and pass out, Hmm. as he does in the 12th, 11th, 12th chapter, during the Brahma-vimohan Leela, who are these boys, how close they are to Krishna in their friendship, and he passes out. Hmm. So, gentleman Jai thought this could happen, he was right, so he arranged kirtan, instruments, Bernard and others. So the the the, the 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 meditative discourse, which is a form of kirtan itself of Sukadev, was also facilitated and and driven by 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 nam kirtan. Nārada Muni Nam kirtan is very very powerful, of course. It's more power more more. Efficacious even in Lila Kirtan. Hmm. Anyway, so uh, the Prakat Lila as described in the Bhagavatam. Hmm. So a retelling of that. And in the center then, what is the center? The center is then a telling of the Aprakat Lila. Hmm. Which is we meditate on the Prakat Lila and the Aprakat Lila with a view to Enter into the Prakat lila, and from there enter the Aprakat lila. This is the idea. Hmm. So the 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 then is by comparison, as I'm saying, it's not as uh, chronologically uh, written about with, with chronological order, or um, and so you find expressions of it in poems and whatnot from sadhus. And you say, "Oh, I thought this happened over here. I thought that happened over there. And I, th- I thought Krishna learned this here. And he's learning in a different place. It's like a like a world of subjective, like potentialities that you plug into, and, and uh, there's a response. Hmm. So, um, uh, what we find then uh, from our teachers, founding acharyas." and successively in our lineage, is a frame of the window. If you take the Leela on earth, as it plays out, Krishna is born and passes through his childhood, to his boyhood, to his adolescence, and he's eleven and a half, but mature from the point of maturity, he's, a, he's about sixteen, and ready to go to the city and deal with kamsa. So stop the Leela right there. Freeze the... on that frame of the film. Vrindavan is fully developed. Aristasura has been killed. Radhakunda's there. Shyamakunda. Everything's in place now to fully facilitate Madhurya and Sakya Rasa in particular. Hmm. Which are very compatible, the two. Hmm. Compatible aesthetic forms of rapture. Freeze the, that right there. No going to Matura, and everything set up, and then just the days replay, replay, replay the same day again, as if it never happened before, as if it never happened before. Within hmm? hmm. each day, some nuance is there, some slight. Like the same pattern again. It never gets tired because it's experienced. Like it's almost as if the the leela itself is dominated by the anurag of of Madhurya, which also plays a role in in, in the in the uh, aesthetic experience of Krishna's most intimate friends, his narmasakas, who participate and assist him and Radha in their romantic affairs. Anurag is a, is a feature uh, of uh, the sthyaibhava, the dominant emotion, the, the effect of which or is characterized by the experience that I am seeing Krishna every time I see him as if I am seeing him for the first time, hmm? he always appears new. Hmm? So it's almost as if the Anurag, which does not, which dasirasa, Braj and vatsalirasa, and the other types of sakirasa besides narmasakirasa, don't uh, experience. They experience up to up to rag. Rag is that that aesthetic feature of the of the of your dominant emotion that that that, that causes you to feel like difficulties become blissful, hmm? If as a result of them I get the association of Krishna. I can think of him or something like that. But it's as if the Anurag hmm, of the madhurya it's coming from Madhurya. In one sense the Leela's all centered on madhurya hmm this is the plot, right? Par- Parakya hmm? Dominates. And so everybody experiences every day as if it's a new day. Every day Mother Yasoda is saying, Radha should cook for Krishna. Great idea. Hmm. Hmm. Send Kundalata there and and uh, tell her mother-in-law she has to come. Hmm. And every day it's the same thing. It's great idea. <laughs> Something like that. So uh, now, in the, in the writing, and some coming out a little, some of the talks, we're we're in this section of the center, hmm, reflecting on the uppercut, um, uh, the invisible, Lila, which is typically told or related um, as like a day in the life of Krishna. So, the day is divided into eight sections uh culminating in- co- constantly twenty four hours where is he at this time this time this time and this time hm so eight different divisions of 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 time hm and this is of course can be a tool to you know in one sense uh i suppose check the time where am i where is krishna and but it's 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 really for contemplative um, life uh, to um, contemplate and enter into. So, so what we find in comparison, one of the comparisons between the Prakat lila narrative, for example, in the Bhagavatam, and the commentaries on that, and so forth, and the uprakrt narrative in the lila grantas that speak of the Astakal, of which the lila, the divisions of eight, day, which of which there are a number of them in Sanskrit. Uh, Poetics and so forth. Lila Amrita, Krishna Baba Namrita. Well, mm, not, not another Vrindavan but another one of Kavikarnapur's text. I forget the name. Uh, Krishna- Krishnaika Komodika. So there are different rendings. Uh, and, uh, Siddha Krishna Das, later in the 19th century, is a famous rendering as well. Um, um, what was I saying? One of the features of it uh, 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 the Aprakat um, uh, Leela. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the commentators. The commentators. In the Prakat Leela narrative of the Bhagavatam, they are giving us a chance for Shravan to hear about the Leela. Hmm? to absorb ourselves in hearing about it. The apricot leelas are giving us that, but also they are lending themselves to something that was asked about last night, how to one thing to hear about them, another is to serve in them, where to fit in. They're designed more like you can fit in here. Here is your part, you can do this, you can have a service here this is very high so this is a very for more advanced devotees hmm? that's why I say the aprakat leela is more for contemplatives hmm? right? who don't have who, because what this is all about if you didn't know Krishna consciousness it's about stepping out of this world into that world hmm? in a meditative body that's been arising out of the grace through Guru Parampara in the bhakti samskars scars that have come to you from that particular lineage, hmm? and and then responding with subsequent practice, following in their example, this this gives rise to a a an eternal bhava, sakya bhav, madurya bhav, hmm? that we see embodied in the eternal associates, hmm? uh, one of our own. Hmm? The nature of that Swarup Shakti. Nidya hmm? Siddha Krishna Chitte. That Prem is eternally existing in the associates. And what it does, this Swarup Shakti, this internal energy of Krishna, it's always manifesting itself in newer and newer ways for the pleasure of Krishna. And you are one of the newer ways. Hmm? Wow. So, in the Book of Life, there's a page there. It's got your name on it. And when you you turn and you see, hey, my name's on this page. But it's blank. Hmm? You realize, I'm in the book. I have to write my story. Hmm? That's what sadhana tells the story. The story comes out. The story comes out. It turns into bhava. It becomes real. Hmm? This meditative personality and identity hmm? We kind of think of Krishna as a person, as a theological person, kind of not a real person, <laughs> right? That's, eventually, we'll understand and experience Krishna as a as a real person, and ourself in relation to him in leela as a real person. That makes our present personality as unreal as it is. Hmm? It's very unreal. It's unreal in the sense that it won't, at least. It won't endure. It will be, it's a blip only. Hmm. Who knows about it? Who will know about it? What was it? So important. What was it? Where did God? Go? <laughs> what was all that? <laughs> Not to be remembered.
2: Hmm.
1: But yan mitram paramanandam puna brahma sanatanam. Hmm. Yan mitram. Paramanandam purna brahma sanatanam, mitram sanatanam, hmm, Brahma says. As he was developing, budding rag bhakti in Sakya in the Brahmabhi Mohan Leela, he said, yan mitram Paramanandam purna brahma sanatanam. Hmm? It means mitram sanatanam. This mitram, this friendship is sanatanam. Hmm? is eternal. Hmm? This trans-psychological emotive Emotional reality is eternal. Hmm. That personality, that relation—we have a personality now, derived from investing ourselves in the, in, the, in the Maya Shakti environment. We have a nature, as I said the other night, that lends itself lends itself to nurture. We're No, we are never separate. From the one of these environments, the material environment, Maya Shakti, or the Sarup Shakti. If there's anything close to being independent of them, they call it Brahman, which we also refer to as spiritual suicide. So enter into Brahmasavja. Oh. He's gone. Hmm? Tatasta means living on one side or the other. That means by our very nature we were a nurtured being. Hmm? so we may analyze, we can only analyze self comprehensively if we take into consideration the nurturing influence hmm? so material environment is kind of a malnurturing so we get this we get what, what, what happens we get a, by investing ourselves in material nature we get a material psychological biological sense of self and so we invest ourselves in this shakti in, in in the form of bhakti hmm? we get a personality there Hmm. Right. love has a form has a shape What what, what is an artist without an easel hmm. it's not a lesser thing hmm. to give form to the artistic musical sensibilities that may uh, be within an artisan hmm. <laughs> it's the more so that form is not a limiting limiting uh, thing, like material form is. Hmm? But it's a very expression of praying. that takes a shape. Hmm? Leela Purushottam. Takes the shape of preem Purushottam. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is sometimes before. That's a whole other topic. We have to go there a little bit though. Hmm? Right? We go to this Krishna Leela through the Gaur Leela. Which is extended to us. We're kind of in the extended form of the hmm? Right? Hmm. In Goralila, we are all have Dasya Bhakti for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityananda Prabhu. That's why we have these two influences Madhurya Rasa and Sakya Rasa in Gaudiya Vaishnava. They are the macrocosmic gurus. We were talking the other night about question was asked do these Sakas, these friends of Krishna, and even those friends who are involved in his romantic life, the special group, whose Sakirasa is mixed with madhurya, like yogurt mixed with, with sugar, making the yogurt sweeter. Hmm? That it can taste anurag and mahabhav, hmm? That it can be friendly in an empathetic sense to Krishna with regard to his m- r- romantic plight hmm? and to Radha. Hmm? Without them this parakiya cannot take place. That's why it's said in Ujjwal Nilmani of Rupa Goswami, that if we were to personify Mandriya rasa, it would be a Priyanarmasakha, this kind of friend of Krishna. Hmm? Because this kind of love requires all types of envy and jealousy and intrigues and so forth, and they are involved in all of this. Without them, that, that cannot go on. <laughs> hmm. So, is the point so right so in in Gor Lila and we all have relationship with Goranitana they're the macrocosmic gurus we have Dasya Bhakti for them worship in Nadia live in Vrindavan and according to our Guru Paramparan association we have and we will be influenced by Madhurya Rasa or some fewer number because it's lesser less prominent influence by, by Sakya Rasa right um, but the question came that those who have influenced by, by Sakirasa, that is mixed with Madhurya in the way that I'm speaking about, do they have any place? Do they have any... The lila is eightfold, hmm? but two parts of the lila, Nisha and Nishanta, late in the night and early in the morning before dawn. Hmm? We know that Krishna goes to sleep at night, or he pretends to, and then he's out the window hmm, to meet with the gopis. And he gets in just before the sun gets, you know, actually gets you know, too high on the horizon. And catches a few winks before the day starts again. Hmm. But his own friends, what happens to them in the night? That part of the Leela. And then in the early morning, pre-dawn, because typically they go to bed and they don't sneak out, right? So, so is there the question? Was is there any participation in aprakat leela in these two uh, dimensions, nisha and nishanta, hmm? night and just before day, just before the end of night, nishanta? Hmm? So I think we we discussed that. We answered that a little bit. Hmm? There are ways in which, in order for these these type of friends to be able to do their service during the waking hours hours, they have to be a little bit acquainted with what's going on late at night and early in the morning. So there must be some venue by which they can become acquainted. Hmm? Right? Let's read a little something hmm? for the moment from the Nishantalila. That means pre dawn. This time, Krishna and Radha are Radha and Krishna are waking up, and, and the and the 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 principal um, instrument for waking them up is the is the parrots and minor birds and the talking birds of bruj
2: Get up, wake up!
1: They have to get up and get home before they get found out. Hmm? That's the Leela, right? So, just to give you a little context. Just as the learned twice-born Dvija, Brahmins. Dvija is a name for Brahmins. It means twice-born. Dvija also means bird. Because birds are born in an egg, and then they're born out of the egg. So they have two births. And Brahmins have have two births because they get the material birth and then the spiritual birth through the diksha, initiation and so forth. So just as the learned, born, twice-born Dwija Brahmins, chant the Purusha-Shukta to awaken Vishnu. This is a hymn for awakening Vishnu in the morning. Mm-hmm. Famous. In Braj, various parrots and minor birds who are also twice-born once within the egg and once again, again once the egg hatches, chant to awaken Radha and Krishna. However, while Vishnu's Duijas, the Brahmins, openly proclaim the glories of Vishnu to the world, the Brajduijas seek to conceal the glory of Radha and Krishna Mm -hmm. and their intimate love for one another, the open secret of the Brajmundo. Just as the Vedas mandate a measure of eligibility to be heard, similarly the intimate secrets of Radha and Krishna's pre-dawn love are not for everyone's ears. Do you understand the point? While the Brahmins are proclaiming the virtues, the glories of Vishnu and waking him up, With the Purusha Shukta, the birds are waking up, these are Duijas also, in Braj. Hmm? But they're waking them up to hide their glory because it's parakia. Hmm? You understand? They want to get up and get home before everyone finds out. Hmm? So this is a very secret affair, Shantalila. What is the grace of Mahaprabhu that he brings us into this? And we have to come to that a little bit as we go forward. So, then, given that such, that, that how secret, how confidential that is, what then is the qualification of Krishna's Narmasakas, headed by Subhal, to whom these talking dwijas these birds, relate these secrets later during the next section of the leela? Hmm? Pratalila, as these gopas sport at Nandagram, at Krishna's Rangastala or sports arena. Hmm. So this is the underground network that's in the Leela. These boys need to know something, what's going on there, so they may pass on secrets and messages and so forth. So they learn from the parrots, birds, minor birds. Hmm. One example of how they are participating, even while they're even though they're sleeping and not if you will physically present. Another section as the moon faints and falls from the sky and the stars fade from sight, the prospect of a long night of the day arises for Radha. surely Krishna had her in mind when, in the Gita, he told Arjuna... For she who has harnessed her passions with her intelligence by fixing it on her soul slash me, that which is day for everyone else is her night. The long night of separation from her soul. This is a famous verse from the Gita. You know it? Mm -hmm. Yāni śasarabhutanam tasyam jagrati samyami One who is samyami controlled, their passions, hmm, with spiritual intelligence, a sage, hmm, for that sage, that which is day for ordinary people, which is engaging the senses, contacting the sense objects, trying to take from the world, that's like night to him. Hmm? And his day, which is internal, it's like night for the people. What are you doing over there in that cave? don't you watch tv hmm. right so this is krishna's statement here taken in the braj lila then take or take that verse to the highest highest expression hmm. that which is day for everybody else in braj is night for radha hmm. hmm. it, it makes it much more difficult to meet with him in broad daylight at night there's greater possibility so this it's just somewhat depressing however there's hope hmm right however the earliest hint of aruna aruna is the is a tint is a color hmm it's the color of fraternal love aruna is like uh, like a sunrise hmm you ever been to Bengal and seen sunrise on the Ganga Delta and the rice fields? It comes up like a huge ball like this, just r- rust red. It looks like you could just reach out and touch it hmm, at the Bay of Bengal. It's so beautiful. Hmm? So, I'll read this again. However, the earliest hint of Aruna tint on the eastern horizon. The color of Sakirasa also reminds Radha that she has friends, Krishna's Narmasakas, to help her find her way into his association, even under the watchful eye of the sun, whom she worships in the hope that he will not reveal the secret of her paramour affair. Hmm. She's a worshiper of the sun, you may know, according to her, her family lineage and so forth. Vishabanu speaks about the sun. Hmm? So, so again we're finding some 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 place in Radha's mind from the Sakaras point of view. For the for, for Sakaras and the Narmasakas in the Nishantalila. Hmm? Is it present there? That is the question, right? A little, sorry, little more. Radha and Krishna must hurry home but separating is easier said than done as the natural environment concertedly cautions them not to remain in their flower bed a moment longer lest they are found out, they rise yet fall again in love's embrace incapable of letting one another go and it's only when the shrieking shri, she monkey Kakati khat, khat, warns them of Jatila that's Radha's so-called mother-in-law's admonishing approach that the two bodies with the same soul, Radha and Krishna, come to their senses, each heading homeward stumbling along their separate paths and in their confusion confusion arising out of their union they move along wearing pieces of each other's clothing Hmm? A theme that reoccurs going forward. Hmm. Hearing Katya Kakati's white lie and believing it, Jatila's not, really not coming, but she wants them to get home. Oh, she wants to put fear in their hearts, right? Hearing the monkey's white lie and believing it, Radha cannot tolerate the possibility that her lover's reputation might be spoiled unless she seeks to hasten the pace of her vehicle that is the limbs and minds of her manjaris. However, assisting her in every way, they know that, although it is of paramount importance that Radha hurry homeward, her mother-in-law is still at home, preoccupied with more with thoughts as to why her son sleeps in the cowshed, unaware... Unaware of Abhimanyu's well-kept secret that he's in an, emas- an emasculated status as a eunuch, that's a, some of you may understand that more than others. But, but who will help Krishna as he stumbles, love-struck along the path, his lotus eyes crossed, one looking westward for Jatila, the other following to the distant, following the distant outline of Radha as she scurries to the south. That is Seva his narmasakas can only dream about. Although even in this world dreams can come true. Hmm. So there's a possibility. Hmm. So in some ways as I'm explaining here and we're reading this this Namsaka Bhava has some place in the Nishanta also some place in the Nishalila we find that Raghunathas Goswami has written about this Subal's participation and My also wrote something about this hmm? I won't go into that in detail but some not the norm but on occasion that possibility is there main thing is, in answer to the question, as Rupa Goswami says in his Radha Krishna Ganadesh Jyapika, there is not one single feature of any of Radha and Krishna's Leelas and Braj that the Narmasakas don't know about. Hmm. He makes that statement. So, somehow or other. And one of the ways hmm, in which it will be known about By us who may be in pursuit of such an ideal, is of course, and we'll we'll close with some description of this entering into the Gorlila. So, as I said earlier, worship in Vrindavan, worship in Nabadweep, live in Vrindavan. Hmm? You want to know your rasa? Dasya rasa for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Cultivate that. Hmm? He is the macrocosmic and Nityananda Prabhu manifestation of the Guru. Uh, the microcosmic guru, the small guru, hmm, who's close to you. Now you might think, why should I keep a small guru? Why not I have a big guru? Hmm? Maybe not Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but maybe Prabhupada, or maybe maybe Rupa Goswami. Hmm? No, that's not a good idea. Which lens is bigger in a telescope There's a small, which one should you, there's a small one, and then there's a big one. Which one should you put your eye to? If you put your eye in the big one, what will you see? You'll get a headache only. Hmm? If you put your eye in the small one, then you'll see through the big one and all the other lenses, and through the whole Guru Parampara. If you pay attention to your Guru, hmm, then the whole Guru Parampara will pay attention to you. All their blessings will come. All that they've seen, all they've experienced, they've, they've, they've now found a, a candidate worthy of sharing. They've now found a candidate worthy of sharing the, this with, eager to do. A receptacle that, that they're pouring it into. It, it will remain. And it will it will fill up and it will overflow. And such... And so Guru Parampara will continue on. Hmm? Hmm. So, just as we worship Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityanandapu, like Raghunathas Goswami did, you are saying, well, you know, some of these Narmasakas or these, excuse me, these Dwarasagopals, associates with Nityanandapu, they're kind of hard to follow their example. So, you, you, what do you want to follow the example of Raghunathas Goswami?
2: I hmm?
1: bet it's pretty difficult too, right? How <laughs> uh, he was eating in Jagannath Puri from the cow shed only. Hmm? Was after the cows had finished, Jagannath Prashadham, whatever was left, he would take the rice and clean it off and eat that. Who can who can live like that? Who can live under a tree every night? These are the stories. So you'd hear. People outside of Braj would hear about Rupa Sanatha and how they were living under a different tree every night and so forth. Hmm? What was the devotion of Sanatan when he did circumvent? When he came to, d- d- called by Mahabub, he 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 did not want to go in front of the priests, of the Jagannath temple because he felt that his this a long story this, but his body was, he, th- he thought it was contaminated, so he took the long route across the sand. That hmm? would have, I mean, it's hot there; it would have burned his feet. But he was, in his um, rag. Hmm? You didn't feel any pain going to meet Mahaprabhu. Difficult to follow them too, right? Difficult to follow. So we have to see what is central to their example as sadhakas, hearing, chanting, and so forth. They were all dasyabhaktas, whether they be Gopals or six Goswamis. They were all Bhaktas of Gaur and how did How did Gauri Pandit worship his deities? Hmm? Of Gaur and they, 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 He manifested through his love the deities of Gor and were manifest in the world. Mahaprabhu said, "You, you, you should get some neem carved deities of myself and Atinand and worship them." Hmm? So he did that, hmm? and he worshipped them so devotedly. He had no time to write anything. Hmm? And Mahaprabhu came there, and he was very pained by the worship of Goridas Pandit. Hmm? He said, you, "You know, you're working so hard at cooking so many things and arranging all this." Ornaments and so forth, and you have no time to rest even. That gives me pain. Hmm? My worship should be simple, just offer flowers, Chant Hare Krishna, hmm? some fruits. Hmm? So as see, how he felt towards, how much he loved Gauri Das Pandit. Hmm? So we have the deities of Gauri in this world because, of, because of uh, such devotees, and and so they worshipped Mahaprabhu in dasi It's very clear. You take, for example, you, know, you look and see. This is this is this is this is, this is what you find in um, Dhyan Chandra's padati hmm. Dasya bhakti for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. That is a book, a handbook about madhurya rasa, to help for that conceptual orientation and meditation, and. And it includes within it, of course, Dasya Rati for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So we're all in the same rasa for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, right? And the point is what? That then, as a Dasya Bhakta in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu you can participate in all eight sections fully of the day. All eight sections. So when Mahaprabhu, when Krishna steals out in the night to meet with Radha, Mahaprabhu is going out of the night. To perform kirtan, the Sangam, all into the wee hours chanting. Hmm? And as he experiences the, the, the rasa lila, for example, then devotees, relative to their own bhava, they'll experience some some aspect hmm? Hmm? and be acquainted with that. If Mahaprabhu was going into that, then you have some acquaintance through Gaur lila. Similarly, within the Shanta lila, when Mahaprabhu was waking, all, all the sadakas are there also. Hmm. So through gaur Leela we get direct experience of the Krishna's nishanta, and and uh, and, and nishalilas, hmm. and also in other ways that I described more indirectly in some of the readings. Now I'll read one more thing, just a nice piece from the morning Leela Well, I got a couple of things here. Well, too much. I'll just read one, 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 one last section. This is the end of the, end of the morning, Leela, Before just before Krishna goes out into the third section of the day to herd cows with his friends, right? After breakfast, host nanda baba arranges beds for the boys to recline upon and rest all the boys are there for taking breakfast at nanda marsh's house radharani is cooked with rohini and others then after waking from their post-breakfast nap the cowherds are eager to depart for herding among themselves they rearrange their attire in consideration of the adventure ahead and krishna's narmasaka separate from the group to wake him their own bodies erupting in ecstasy, they shower Madan Gopal with the tears of their of Ananda and light up his life with their bright, smiling, flower-like faces, full of dedication and ecstatic anticipation of the Gosta Vihar ahead, the cowherding, Leela's ahead. Narmasakas, Narmasaka group leaders, engage their followers in assisting them as they dress Hari for herding. They offer scents, fresh cloth, ornaments, and a garland, a foretelling victory, consisting of five different types of forest flowers. They make tea lock from musk, and grind fragrant sandalwood, mixed with tears, their tears, into thick paste, and then apply the tea lock with their fingers. They, along with then, along with various different colored earthen mineral dyes. They apply the sandal paste in decorative patterns on his face and arms. They place rings on his fingers, some of which bear his names engraved on them. And they decorate his ears with shark-shaped earrings that swing and kiss his cheeks. Unable to check their jealousy, they kiss his cheeks themselves. There's cheek-kissing. Sokyurasu. They adorn their dear friend with a jewelled necklace, the centerpiece of which is his kastuba money, kastuba jewel, and complement this necklace with a gunjamala, which gives his dress and ornamentation an attractive rustic appearance. Then Subal asks one privileged Narmasaka to place a reflective pearl necklace around Hari's neck that allows him to see Radhika's, ref, Radhika's reflection when in her proximity he looks down as if to look away. Hmm. At that time also Subal separates momentarily from the group to return Radha's cloth hmm, to Vishaka in exchange for Krishna's cloth. That was confused during the morning, early morning. Leela, there. So these Gopals. Then, then I should say, yeah, the Gopal Krishna, this Gopal Krishna, then of the these Narmasakas, wears a belt, bracelets, armlets, anklets, and ankle bells. His friends hang on, hang his horn on his left side and tuck his jeweled flute into his belt on his right side. In his left hand. He holds a stick, and in his right hand he holds a lotus. His crown is the crest of a rainbow. His crown is the crest of a rainbow-like peacock feather, over and at the end of which he is the exciting elusive prospect, now somehow in their hands. He's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. That's the point. And if you want to, you can go there. right Somewhere over the rainbow. How good does he look? About as good as his friends who like him are also endowed with flutes, horns, ornaments and gopavesh, the dress of a cowherd, dressed for herding, serving more or less they are as mirrors or more before him their likeness then with similar gestures and gait their faces bright they head out to herd with krishna in the center of the assembly enchanting the minds of the gopis Se din kabe mor Shri Gopal Krishna ki jaya Gaur Aramadha ki jaya Gaur Bhaktavrinda ki jaya Gaur Premanande Little long, I'm sorry, I know, but Interesting topic Any question? Yes
2: In this discussion about whether there is Parakya in Akra Kadiriva As opposed to Swakya According to Jeeva Goswami You make this statement that The uh, Pryanarana Sakhas enable the parakia to go on so that the pre-anonymous
1: surface in the apricot would that be proof enough that there is parakia, parakia loss in the that would not be a conclusive argument with regard to that very complex theological uh, debate or discussion hmm? um, um, and there's no end to that Discussion. The end is. Imagine, just imagine, hmm. all things possible there. Not all things, but within the parameters of Rasa. So. Yeah, that's uh, it's a whole, very complex theological discussion. Jiva Goswami, in all of his books, he posited the idea that in, in Goloka there is Swakhya, married life of Radha and Krishna.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When we say the Priyanarmasakas are personified personification of Did I did I say Parakya? I think Madhu mm-hmm. Maybe Parakya. Mm-hmm. Maybe you were looking at it like that, yeah. But um, you know, for those who posit parokya is the is is manifest there and is the full expression, then they have a million and one arguments and support that. But the question is not whether you can support that, but then, but Jiva Goswami said otherwise, and he has his arguments. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, I would on that conclude that. Um, You either conclude it was a preaching strategy of Jiva Goswami, as that's how it's also been often been framed for a few centuries or or there are, uh, possibility of both as existing for some who, who would desire. But we want the Parkia. The the um Arma Sakas the extra, you're speaking of Anurag and Mahababa. How's that again? Like the, the Saktas have. The rag.
2: Yeah. And then I'm guessing like this
1: is in relation to Radha and Krishna. Yeah, Madhurya. Is there other ones? I've heard it before, but I've forgotten. Other ones what? Well, you got Anurag,
2: Mahabhav.
1: That's all. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Anurag, Mahabhav. It's a certain intensity of aesthetic experience that is being described by these terms. Mm-hmm. That is uh, relative to madhurya rasa, but because they are in touch, m- sympathetic to madhurya rasa, and participate in that, so they, they, that it's causing their Sakyarasa to experience those features uh, of aesthetic, you know, possibility in the context of their sahkhyarasa. Complicated, yeah. So we'll stop there, there will be Prashad for everybody, right? Sisi Gauraramadava ki jai, Daji Gopal ki jai, Gaur Nitananda ki jai, Gaur Bhaktivinda ki jai, Gaur